0: Okay.
1: Good afternoon everybody. Um, welcome to our June webinar and podcast episode. Uh, a quick reminder before we begin today on asking questions, if you are joining us live today you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. You can use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithink.com. I'm now going to hand over to David Smith, Smith Inc. director, to present his session: Learnings from COVID-19 to permanently change your practice. Over to you, David.
0: Thanks, Andrea, and uh, good good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining this webinar. Uh, I'm still coming to you from my house in Port Stephens, New South Wales. Um, <laughs> I've uh, I've been told that the NBN finally has arrived here in Toowoomba Bay, Port Stephens but I've also been told that Telstra is currently not shipping any NBN connection stuff. So I'm still without the NBN um, at the moment. Um, and uh, we've had feedback that occasionally um, my connection can get a bit wonky. So that's why I've turned the video off today to try and maximise the uh, the internet connection for um, the sound. So. Uh, Over the last few months, of course, we've all been struggling with uh, the whole COVID-19 thing. And uh, one of the the observations that I've had, particularly over the last few weeks, is more and more organisations are talking about um, returning to the office or uh, coming up with more permanent solutions is probably a a better way of uh, describing it. Um, is that many have observed that there's things that have happened during the COVID-19 crisis that um, are perhaps things that can be adopted over a more longer term situation. And so I felt that I'd try and gather together the thinking that I've come across around and um, that's really the content of this webinar just to give you a bit of a feeling of, of what I've seen other people talking about that is worth considering on a more permanent basis um, in your practice. So uh, let me fire away. The, the The first and most obvious is what's going to happen with working from home. And it's really quite interesting that um, a number of businesses in the professional service firm space that i i 've worked with have actually conducted fairly um, strong surveys of their staff to try and work out where the thinking is at in terms of uh, working from home versus working in the office and you know, whilst everyone is different, and there's some who absolutely prefer one or the other, uh, it's it's fair to say that the vast majority are sort of indicating that they that they like the idea of having a mix of working a few days a week um, at home and a few days a week in the office seems to be what people. Uh, indicating is their preferred way of working. Now, um, there's a number of reasons for that, but you know, people have realised that um, working 100% from home, um, they lose the social interaction of working with people. They lose the um, the casual conversation, which helps them in their job in a mentoring and coaching sense as well. So just being in the office with other people where you overhear what they're talking about, um, you're able to, you know, managers are able to provide more um, casual assistance to people, <coughs> excuse me, which, uh, which can be quite beneficial. Um, but on the other side of the, the equation, many have reported that um, they feel as though by working at home, they've been um, more productive uh, and uh, able to produce a better result. So, um, there's a question for nearly everyone now to ponder um, are we starting to head to some form of new normal where people may share their workload partly in the office and partly at home? And could that be the new normal going forward? And I I sort of understand that many organisations are pondering whether that's what they need to put in place. Um, In the background of all of that, though, we need to also be mindful that um, not everyone can work at home effectively. Um, Those with young families, particularly preschool families, have um, found it to be a challenge. And obviously, when kids weren't going to school, it was also a challenge to... Um, try and work at the same time. Uh, and people had to come up with a whole variety of ways of dealing with that with flexible hours and the like. Um, but um, uh, clearly, the young families um, have been an issue for some in terms of working from home, particularly um, if you can't get a home set up, um, worked out where you have a bit of private space. I remember I was in one Zoom meeting where um, the person I was talking to was in one corner of the room and one child was doing their schoolwork at another corner and another child was doing this, their own schoolwork at even a third corner. And I'm thinking to myself, that has to be very difficult. Uh, so so that's, you know, uh, clearly an issue to be pondered. Um, also, some people have... have, have, have cottoned onto the fact and and uh, I can tell you this is a fact from my point of view as well because I've been essentially working from home now for nearly 20 years um, and people are reporting that they're actually working longer hours and um, that is my personal observation The one of the downsides of working from home is that your work is always in front of you and so it's all very easy just to to sit down at the computer and um and fire it up and fire off a few emails and the like, uh, and you're and you're not um, getting the breaks that you should get. Uh, and so, um, whilst in a business sense getting that increased productivity is a good thing, um, it may not be a great thing over the longer term um, for the mental health of that or of that person and the longer term productivity of as well. Some people also uh, lack the personal discipline to be able to work from home. So I think in any uh, discussion with team members about um, some form of flexible working vis-a-vis working from home or in the office, um, it's impossible really to have a a one-size-fits-all because just some people can, some people can't. Some people get distracted, and so they're, therefore they're unable to, to work as effectively they should by working at home. And to then suggest, you know, that, yes, you can work from home, but we're going to do some sort of trial to ensure that that's possible and it's going to work has to be the sort of way that it's done to ensure that um, the productivity can be achieved. Yes. Um, so, there has there also been, particularly in the cities, um, quite a significant benefit from the saving of time um, with, without having to engage with public transport. And many staff members have uh, reflected upon that being a significant benefit. And is one of the drivers why people are sort of saying that a mix of working from home and working from office is a good is a good plan so that they save that time um, in the days that they're working from home without having to deal with public transport and the the time that um, the transport does take. Um, So um, there's a whole variety of issues to be considered here, but as a general principle, I think a, a new normal is going to be some way of structuring the workplace so that people are, working partially from home and partially from the office does seem as though it could be the new normal. Um, the other thing which, uh, is worth considering is that many firms have reported that their productivity has been quite strong through this period with people working from home. And that's a variety of reasons that I've just mentioned, like public transport, time savings and, um, people working longer hours because the work, but equally it could just be a function of the fact that um, the accounting profession in particular has been incredibly busy with um, uh, JobKeeper and the cash boost and other government stimulus work um, that has really made people really, really, really busy and might be contributing to um, the productivity lifts that some firms have observed. Now the question is whether or not, in a more normal um, business environment, um, we would see those continuing um, productivity levels. You know, some firms have reported that you know some staff, in particular, have had, have got cabin fever. You know, particularly people who live on their own, uh, and so therefore productivity has tended to slide for those people a little bit. Um, as they're, um, they're, you know, suffering, as I say, from from cabin fever. So, um, you know, there's a whole lot of things that need to be taken into account here. And the interesting thing is, to a certain extent, that we've always been talking about um, introducing flexible, more flexible working into the workplace. Um, and the COVID-19 thing has really forced us down a bit of a road, uh, and it shows that. You know it can be done uh, and it also is showing that uh, what we were doing before COVID-19 is perhaps what we won't be doing going forward and a much greater flexibility will be what's uh, in place. The other piece which is critical here and I know that I go on about this over and over again all over the place but technology is really key here to be able to work effectively from home. uh, It's critical that you get the right technology in place. I'm a huge advocate, as many of you are aware, on multi-screen and uh, that in my mind, um, just because somebody's working at home, um, if you've got a multi-screen situation in the office, you should try and replicate that at home so you've got that same level of productivity that you get from that. Many firms have also reflected upon the fact that um, staff members have had issues with um, printing and scanning. Uh, and again, if you want people to be effective from working from home, you really need that as well. Um, although we'll get to paperless that's working a little bit later on. Um, and we'll probably see there that um, perhaps you don't need printing as much as one might think. Um, clearly, a quality internet um, is important. So that makes sense. Um, and if if the working from home thing becomes a more permanent situation. Um, I know many firms really haven't spent a lot of time on the OHS issues of people working from home during this COVID-19 thing, but there will need to be a more um, formal process to get sign-off about the working environment that team members have from home that firms will need to address. So I think that's obviously a pretty critical issue going forward is how one's going to structure this working from home thing. Um, and and then working in the office um, also might need to change. And whilst we're still in the COVID-19 scenario, um, yes, we definitely need to be dealing with some of these issues. But I do wonder whether there's going to be a greater focus on health more generally going forward because of the COVID-19 scenario and whether we will have people who um, will have these ongoing concerns which we might be needing to deal with. So things like enhanced cleaning, um, ensuring that desks there is more space between people, maybe things that become a bit more permanent, Um, size of meeting rooms, people in meeting rooms, um, having flexible working hours, I think is, clearly going to be an issue as people go back to work, go back to the office now because of the capacity of public transport to, to hold um, the required number of people will mean that flexible working is probably the only, only scenario. And then the question is whether that flexible working hours will continue to exist over the longer term is something, again, that people may, may, need, to, uh, may need to be concerned about. Uh, Other shared spaces in the office, such as kitchens and the like, um, may also need to change in how they're structured to um, provide that extra space that people might be looking for on a more permanent basis. In terms of um, meetings, I've got a bit of a view that we might find more video meetings happening even when people are in the office. It was an observation given to me by somebody only um, a week or two ago that what they were reporting was that they'd hold meetings in the office and people sort of were a bit lax in terms of turning up on time or turning up at all even. Whereas when they're holding video meetings with a with a structured time in the diary, people were actually turning up on time. Uh, it was an interesting observation and in whether or not there may be circumstances that using video meetings, um, in the, even when everyone's all in the office, might be a more efficient way of working. And, and clearly working with those out of the office, such as clients and the like, video's definitely going to have a much bigger place to play um, because so many people are, are used to it. Uh, And this, the time efficiency to avoid again the travel time of clients coming to see you or you going out to see a client. That pure time efficiency, I think, will mean that we'll see a lot more video meetings going forward. Um, And as I've suggested a number of times in the past, we need to ensure that we've got the right tech set up so the quality of those video meetings can be as high as possible. Um, In terms. It's been clear that the firms that have really excelled are those that have had very proactive um, communication with their team members, really kept them informed, really spoken to them, really asked them about what they're wanting, uh, and that has paid dividends in terms of bringing the team closer together. That's equally applied to leadership teams where the partners of a firm or directors of the firm have got together. and and had very regular meetings, making decisions about how we're gonna operate the firm during this crisis. And it really has brought those teams together. And so one of the pieces of learning is here is that greater communication does actually pay dividends uh, and that we should be trying to ensure that we don't get into old habits and we don't let the communication slide when we may be all back in the office. equally seeking the opinions of um, staff through surveys, which I've seen a few firms do, has really paid dividends as well, that they've been very pleased about the fact they've been asked um, their opinion. And so, um, once again, that may be something that people might want to apply a bit more going forward. Um, I've already spoken about Zoom so and, uh, or video meetings, I should say. so. I um, have no, nothing more to really say on that here. Um, the other observation which was interesting about working from home is that a few people have said to me that um, what working from home has done has magnified the strengths and weaknesses in their people. So people who were already hard working have even worked harder at home. Um, people who get distracted in the office get more distracted at home. Um, And so it was an interesting piece of learning about management of the people. So if you're noticing a particular trait of somebody in the office, perhaps if they want to work at home, you've got to imagine that that particular trait will be either worse or uh, uh, if it's a good trait, a lot better Uh, and maybe needs to be taken into account when considering their desire to work from home. Um, Questions around whether you'll need to reconfigure the office space, as I said, Will people be looking for more space between people? And lastly, I think um, we might need training and whether or not we need to um, ramp up training a bit because my observation has been, and may not be for your firms, my observation has been that a lot of firms haven't really focused on training as much as they were when everyone was in the office and perhaps there needs to be a bit of work to uh, get the training moving again. In terms of clients, a bit of the same. Because of all the government stimulus, there's been a lot of proactive, proactive firms contacting clients regularly. And that has paid dividends in terms of building much greater, closer relationships with clients. Uh, and many firms are reporting, that they feel their client relationships now are even stronger than they were. Interestingly, um, in very few firms, debtors have blown out. Uh, now that's in compared to the recession of 1991, which I remember very well. Debtors became a really big problem back there. It hasn't now, and that's partly because I think clients have seen the benefit of the, their accounting firm working with them, uh, generating the money from this st- government stimulus, uh, and that closeness of relationship is really uh, is really paying dividends. Many firms refer of said that they've got a lot of referrals from clients from that increased um closeness of relationships um and so one of the things which i think firms need to think about going forward is developing plans to ensure that they make this regular unprompted contact with clients and if you look at what a crm solution is about it's about um Recording the interactions that you have with clients and um, setting dates and the like to ensure that um, you have these unprompted contacts. But the firms have been doing this um, strong proactivity in contacting their clients, have seen lots of benefits and are saying that that's something that we really have to emphasise going forward. The other thing which was interesting too is that clients who are on the cloud accounting software products were much better placed to access the government stimulus packages because their accounting was much more up to date. And so it became another, and it's another driver in terms of trying to get clients moving in terms of uh, getting them on cloud accounting solutions. And so, um, that might be also worth a consideration of a further drive. Cause I know virtually all of you are driving your clients down this road, but a further drive to drive clients in this direction. Um, with technology, um, paperless working is key to have people in a flexible working environment, partly at home, partly in the office. Um, many firms have reported to me that it's interesting when you really have to work in a paperless environment, you can. Uh, and so uh, it's been quite a stimulus to, um, to, to get paperless working um, uh, happening. Uh, and so what is important, I think, is to ensure that when people are back in the office, you don't slip back into old ways. Um, you know, people have been finding that they've been printing stuff when they didn't really need to, as an example. Uh, and so all of that needs to be incorporated into thinking about the firm's processes going forward to say, what have we learned about paperless working and how do we apply that for the longer term across the entire practice? And then with video conferencing, when we're back in the office, we do need to create a high-quality video conferencing environment in the office. Um, and whilst people are more tolerant with with home-based setups where the sound and the, and the light may not be quite right, I think going forward it's going to be really important to develop high-quality video conferencing uh, in offices. And most importantly is the sound. If you don't get the sound right, it can be very frustrating. So it needs to be high-quality and crystal-clear sound using microphones, using good soundproofing to ensure that that's... Uh, that's gonna be possible. And then lastly, uh, and not least at all, is to ensure that um, if you've got people working partially at home, partially in the office, that all the cybersecurity stuff is in place effectively for when they're working at home. One of the things that businesses are quite worried about is, the, is their intellectual property ending up on home computers of their staff all over the place. So it's really important that um, a good um, security audit is done of people's home environments to ensure that uh, they're set up effectively. Marketing is, is I've noticed that firms have been really proactive with their marketing, holding webinars, doing a lot of posts on social media, doing paid advertising on Google, recording videos with products like Bloom, those firms have been reporting to me significant success over these last few months in terms of generating new clients. Um, and I think it's, it's been a, a great learning for those firms that the increased marketing that they did during that period that they need to keep that momentum going and creating this, this um, high, much higher up marketing activity because it clearly works. Uh, And so I think for all of you who are listening to this, one of the learnings would be, are we doing enough video material? Are we posting enough stuff on social media? Are we doing paid advertising, particularly on Google and Facebook? And are we doing things like webinars and the like, um, which are all ways of engaging with clients and prospects? You know, I've had a number of firms I've worked with who's been doing videos, uh, um, webinars, I should say, over this last short period. Um, And they've been reporting that they've had um, upwards of 30% or more of their audience being non-clients of the firm. And that's been generated through um, promoting those webinars on Facebook and uh, and other social media. Um, So I think there is a clear learning here that firms need to over the longer term increase their marketing exposure. And lastly, um, a clear observation that a number of um, practice leaders have said to me, they've said in the past, we spent too much time thinking about what we should do and uh, taking too long to make decisions. It was interestingly interesting with the whole COVID-19 thing that we were forced into a much more rapid decision-making environment. And their conclusion is, it actually worked. And so one of the pieces of learning that they've had is, well, uh, given that it's worked, we need to ensure that we don't go back to our old habits and we need to be much more proactive and uh, much more decisive in our decision-making. Uh, and the last observation is, is on offshoring. It's been very hit and miss. Some firms have got through it without too much pain. Other firms have had considerable pain in terms of offshoring. Um, and I think if if you're a firm that's um, looking at offshoring or currently offshoring, it is clear now that uh, that a detailed risk management plan needs to be in place for offshoring to ensure that um, uh, should uh, something happen, not just necessarily um, some sort of contagion, but um, any sort of disruption to the offshoring, um, uh, offshoring staff's ability to work, one needs to have a risk management plan in place to say, well, what are we gonna do about that? Should it happen? Because it was quite disruptive for some firms um, and as I say, other firms were less disrupted um, and sometimes with good planning, but sometimes just with a bit of luck. So there's sort of just some general observations that um, that uh, I'd like to make. Um, there were a couple of questions that people did submit. Um, one was, um, should uh, reduction of wages when an employee wants to work from home? Um, well, my quick answer to that is that is that none of the firms that I've spoken to have considered that, um, and I would have thought if the employee is still doing the same job and with the same effectiveness that they were doing if they were in the office, I would have thought that um, uh, their, their salary shouldn't change. Um, the next question I had here was how to balance cybersecurity, staff management, costs, and revenue growth in in a small practice. Well, that's that's a very um, wide-ranging question. The, the 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 sheer fact of the matter is that all of those issues are critical to run a practice effectively. You have no choice today but get the cyber cybersecurity right uh, and make that investment. And if um, uh, if you don't have the capability of doing that yourself, you need to get the external um, help to ensure that happens. Managing staff productivity um, is is clearly an issue. Um, you know, I've spoken for years about resource planning, which is a key element to that, uh, and uh, ensuring that staff have got hours, budgets to do their work. All of those things need to be in place um, to ensure that one can... Uh, Run effective practice. Um, I'm, I, I, I can't quite understand one or two of the other questions, so I might leave it there and hand back to Andrea. We're just slightly beyond time. Hand back to Andrea if there's any other questions.
1: Great. Thank you very much, David. Um, just to remind everybody, if you would like to ask a quick question now of David, you can type that into your Q&A function. Um, I think it's at the bottom of your Zoom control panel and I can read that out for you. Um, otherwise, this session is being recorded and I will be sending um, that out later today. Gary has said maybe a premium for office-based employees who... Off- oh. you might be answering a question maybe a premium for office-based employees who often carry in a heavier workload to train and manage junior employees
0: um well yes but they're called managers they already earn a premium so i'm i'm not sure uh and 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 i've also seen some pretty effective managers who've actually managed people remotely using um the the video conferencing tech so i don't I don't necessarily agree that you, that only those in the office can mentor and coach others. I have seen people do it quite effectively using the video conferencing technology, um, but it requires, you know, regular uh, touching base with people on a regular basis.
1: Great. Thanks, David. I've got a good news um, thing for you, David, from Amanda at Fingal Base. Luckily, they had the MBN guys there yesterday. Might all be right. coming to you soon. Pleased <laughs> to <UK>. hear. <laughs> um, haven't had any other questions come through. So if you do have any other questions, um, always feel free to contact us at Um David, thank you very much for sharing all your insights today.
0: All right. Thanks very much. Um, have, a, have a nice rest of the day, productive rest of the day. Thank you.
1: Thanks, everyone.